How many brothers and how many sisters in law do you have there, Brother John? Only one favorite, though, huh? <laughs> oh, okay, is that one? All right. <laughs> For today, then. Okay. Proverbs chapter 11. Um, youth group, uh, youth group's going great. And uh, I, I, miss, I miss it to a certain extent, but... Uh, it's in really good hands. We have a great, a great team uh, handling it this year, and um, uh, Brendan's been taking leadership on that. Really appreciate that very much. Uh, uh, Hunter, our right hand uh, man uh, there, and then uh, uh, Nicole. She's uh, how many years have been doing youth group now, Nicole? This is the, is this the we're into the fifth year on it now? The fifth year of youth group. Yeah, that's wonderful. And Nicole. Uh, Nicole just just been, just faithfully been there, just helping with whatever needs to be done um, every time, and uh, so we just appreciate everybody that uh, that's helped out uh, with that, and, and others that are helping uh, um, uh, with snack ministry and, and that sort of thing as well. Uh, so youth groups in good hands, and it's going well. We just had a little activity at our house yesterday. They seemed to be a really good spirit, and it was a really nice day for it uh, as well. So keep up the good good work, guys, on that. All right, uh, Proverbs chapter eleven. It says in verse 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord. Anytime I see that, uh, that word abomination, uh, it's a pretty striking word there. And what it means is it's, it's sickening. It's sickening to the, to the Lord. Uh, it's quite a concept. When you think of, of the Lord, obviously, as being uh, omnipotent and... You think of him as basically being untouchable, but yet uh, there, there's things that, that evidently that, that bother him. And, uh, you know, a false ba balance that says is an abomination to the Lord. It's, it's sickening to him. It's repulsive. It's repulsive to him. Um, and a lot of times we, you know, we think of things, yeah, I just tweak it a little bit here, you know, just kind of cut this corner a little bit there. Um, you know, maybe maybe promise to put in you know this much work, but just kind of cut that off a little, shave that off a little bit there. What's the big deal? You know, cut a little corner here, a little corner there. But evidently, you know, God has a way of paying attention to all that, and, and uh, he's not he's not pleased with that sort of an effort. Um, a balance. Many times in the ancient world, they would take some sort of an object, maybe even like a stone, and the stone was marked at a certain weight. And so then when you, when you would say, say you would, you would measure out your produce, you're supposed to weigh a certain, you know, you're supposed to get a certain amount of, 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 uh, of produce there for what you're paying, and it's supposed to match up to that weight. That's the amount, amount you're getting. And so, you know, let's say it's supposed to be 10 pounds, but you, you shave a little bit off of that there where that's actually only, you know, 9.5 pounds. And they're, 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 they're paying, you know, once that's evened out, they're figuring they're paying for 10 pounds. You know, then you're, you're stealing from them, you know, a little bit at a time. You say, well, you know, it's close enough. Uh, but if you, if you know about it, then it's not close enough. And uh, they say that good business is really 10.5 pounds, right? Uh, the, the baker's dozen. You know, that was the baker people would go to, right? 
for the, for the, for the donuts. Uh, they go to the baker dozen. Uh, because, I mean, yeah, the other place might have just as good as donuts, but this place gives 13 for, for their dozen, right? Um, and so, but, you know, it doesn't say, you know, the, the Bible doesn't say that we have to, you know, but it says to be honest, to, to, for, for, to have a, a, a just balance. A just weight is his delight, it says there. So, I guess the thing that struck me about that verse is that there's, there's certain things that are detestable to God. There are other things that, that bring delight to him. Because God is a person, after all. Uh, that's, a, that's an interesting concept to me. So along with that, you know, it's, it's be interesting to do a study along those lines. What does the Bible say in particular? Make a list of things that, that are delights to the Lord. He finds these things delightful. And then, uh, you know, make a list to, to avoid of things that the God said, you know, those things. That, that's just detestable to me. I don't appreciate that at all. Uh, so there's an example of that in verse 1. we got to go ahead, uh, you know, kind of... Uh, uh, hit the tops of a lot of these verses here. You could, you could preach a message on just about any verse. You could take a whole, you know, a whole message for any of these verses. But uh, that's not really our approach at this time for the book of Proverbs. It's going to take one chapter, however the Lord leads on that chapter. Well, well unless he makes it really obvious, it's supposed to linger there. We'll just go around to the next chapter next, uh, next week and work our way through uh, the book. Um, so let's, uh, let's hit a, a, a good number of verses tonight in the time we have. And let's ask that the Lord uh, helps us with that. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us in a special way here tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to learn together. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, uh, help us to apply these things. And, Lord, the, the, that, that wisdom is not just uh, seeing the truth and understanding the truth, but it's applying the truth as well. So, Lord, I pray you'd help us with that here uh, tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowliest wisdom, there's a lot in the book of Proverbs on pride. And you'll notice that along the way. It says in verse 3, though, it says the integrity. Let's go back to this theme a little bit here. Because that's really what verse 1 is talking about. It's talking about integrity, right? Um, and the integrity of the upright shall guide them. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. So it's just the idea that um, when someone is, is guided by integrity... Basically, every situation they get into, they don't, they don't have to think about it a whole lot. This is right. This is wrong. I want there to be consistency in my life. So I'm not going to make justification for wrong. I'm not going to try to you know, talk myself out of right. It's just as easy as that. It may, it may not be the most convenient thing. It might not be the thing that seems to pay the most at the moment. But that's what hems me. I'm hemmed in by, by integrity. That's what guides me. Simple as that. And, uh, you know, people that you've learned to trust over the years are those people with integrity, right? Uh, hey, where do you want to take your car when it breaks down? <laughs> and if you move to a new area, sometimes it takes you a little while to, you know, figure that out, right? And, you know, you, 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 you touch the stove and you get burned, you know, once and you don't want to touch that again, right? And so... Takes you a little while to figure out. You know, I'm a place with integrity. It's kind of going to tell me, you know, this is the way it is, and, and this is what this is what needs to be done, and, uh, and 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 so you know, thankfully I haven't had a car break down in a while, which is kind of nice too. Uh, that, that that's that, that's even better. But if your car does break down, then you want to you know you want to have a place that that, that that you trust, and and for there to be integrity, and that goes for many different things that we could talk about. But the integrity of the upright shall gu shall guide them. 
but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Look at verse 5. Kind of the same idea. The righteousness of the perfect shall, what's it say? Shall direct his way. So, um, hemmed in by integrity, directed or propelled by righteousness. And, uh, and, and the thing of it is, is, you know, righteousness has probably given us that nudge, but sometimes that nudge is in the face of almost an overwhelming current going in a different direction, right? And so you have to keep heeding that nudge sometimes to go upstream against, uh, you know, the current of, of just maybe that which is popularly acceptable, but that we know is in the corner of God's word. Um, so the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his ways, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. And so, uh, and, then, and then verse 6 kind of says the same idea once again. Uh, the righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, it says there. So there's kind of a progression uh, uh, to this. And, uh, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. And really what that's saying is if our integrity doesn't guide us, if we don't continuously heed that nudge of righteousness, then it'll catch up to us eventually. It'll catch up to us. And, uh, you know, we can, we can maintain that smoke screen for a while. You know, we can, uh, we can put up the trick mirror for a while. But after a while, you know, people are going to see through that. And, and, uh, and it'll catch up. It'll catch up to us. And it's amazing, you know, how, how human beings can, can, can be con men, can con people. But uh, ultimately, you know, even the best of, of, of con men, they get figured out after a while. It's amazing how inevitably they, they get figured out. It catches up to them. And uh, so they shall be taken in their own naughtiness, it says there. And I like how the, the King, King James uh, uh, uses that word naughty at times. Uh, but uh, it's a word that survived even to this day, I guess. When it says in verse 7, when a, when a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish. And the hope of unjust men perish, perisheth. And so... It's saying that when a, when a wicked man dies, you know, their, 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 their dreams die with them. Everybody has dreams. I mean, in the sense of things they'd like to do and things they'd like to, to experience. Everybody, if, if you're a human being and, and you have a pulse, you know, then you, you, you're interested in doing some things. Uh, and so people have hopes and dreams, they call them. Maybe they have, uh, well, what's the, 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 the popular term is a bucket list, right? But the hopes and dreams of wicked people, everything that they aspire to get is all about the here and now. And so those dreams are going to die with them because they're just temporal dreams, right? Um, it may even be what guide, you know, if it goes back, if you go back to the integrity of the upright shall guide them, well, a lot of people are, are guided just by the things that they want to get here on earth. I mean, think about what could you substitute there? You know, people that aren't guided by their integrity, well, what does guide them? What does motivate them? Right? There's any number of things that we could, that we could fill in there. One of, the, one of the common ones that the book of Proverbs warns about is, is money. Some people are just, that's, that's how they make their decisions all the time. You know, what's going to benefit me the most financially in this? And sometimes those are good decisions to make, but not always if, if we have to sacrifice integrity to do that. Uh, but the wicked man, all their dreams, you know, and their expectations shall perish with them. 
And the hope of unjust men uh, perish, uh, perishes. So it kind of reiterates that just in different terms uh, there. And so we want to have, we want to have dreams. We want to have things that, that, are, that we're pursuing that, that survive eternally, that are beyond just this world, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven. And those concepts are just talking about that, having dreams and having aspirations that are, you know, the, the bigger just the economy uh, of this world. Um, and uh, then in verse 8 it says, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his, his stead. And let's, uh, let's, let's uh, hitch a few verses together here. So it says, The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. In other words, um, sometimes it may seem like the righteous ones are the ones that are in trouble. But stick with righteousness and sometimes the wicked think that they have the righteous cornered. But God has a way of delivering them and the righteous are the ones that get in trouble instead. Um, now, you know, sometimes, you know, these, these concepts seem vindictive, but they're just general truths that are put out there. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's not, <laughs> we don't want anybody to go the way of trouble, but you reap what you sow, and, and you know, sometimes people are, are they're, trying to, they're trying to lay traps for, uh, for the righteous, and then uh, it, is, it is good if, the, you know, if those traps are being laid, if the, if the wicked fall on them uh, instead. And then it says in verse 9, if we kind of connect these thoughts, an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. And so the hypocrite is one that's trying to present themselves as something that they're really not. For example, um, we, are, we are the compassionate, tolerant ones. Have you ever heard that before? But yet, the compassionate, tolerant ones sometimes are the most intolerant people that, that there are, like in the world. You ever notice that? The self-proclaimed tolerant ones sometimes are the most intolerant people there are. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm the most tolerant person ever, unless, you know, you disagree with me <laughs> about what I say you should be tolerating. Then I'm not so tolerant, right? Uh, and so there's this hypocrisy there. And uh, an hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. And so if you watch closely, you know, if someone says that they're loving and they're compassionate and they're tolerant, and they're tolerant but then you watch them closely and they're, 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 destroying, they're destroying others, um, then maybe, you know, maybe there's, there's some hypocrisy going on there. And this says, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. And so the just are not afraid of the truth, right? Bring as much light to the situation as possible because that's where the vindication lies. Whereas the hypocrite, they want to keep covering stuff up. They don't want the truth to come out, is what, it, what it's showing there. And uh, so the wicked cometh in his stead into trouble, um, because knowledge ultimately, and uh, truth will ultimately prevail. You say, well, there's been situations in this life where it sure didn't seem like it. Well, truth will ultimately prevail. And we don't believe, you know, in just this life. But there's so many times, even in this life, haven't you noticed that truth does come to the surface after a while? And, uh, and truth does uh, prevail uh, even, even uh, here on earth uh, in many instances. And regardless, that's what we want to, that's the side we want to stick with. 
Then uh, attached that to verse 10 as well, it says, When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And when the wicked perish, there is shouting. And so, you know, those, those who are interested in light and life and what is right, you know, of course, uh, when it goes well with righteous people, we're going we're gonna to celebrate that. Um, it, it does, it is encouraging. <laughs> it is encouraging with, when, uh, when things go well for those that are standing for what's right. And so many times, you know, you see situations where those that are calling right, right, are getting, are getting beat down by those that are calling wrong right, right? And, uh, and then they're seeking to destroy them. Um, and, and those that you look at that and you're rooting for the righteous person, right? Uh, for them to be vindicated and for them to, for truth to prevail on their side. And so it says, when it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth. And that's presuming that those in the city want to do what's right, right? Um, it says, but when the wicked perish, uh, there is shouting. Uh, well, you know, some of those, uh, you know, some of those, uh, 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 those, those terrorists that... Their whole, their whole life is, is made up of, you know, harming other people. I mean, there comes a point where, you know, to protect the household, they have to be, they have to be dealt with. They have to be dealt with. And, and obviously, you know, as a Christian, you think of that person as a soul, you think, wow, you know, what a waste of a life. And, and you would want every soul to, you know, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, if someone's trying to break in and, and, uh, and, and harm my, my children, or someone is trying to, to you know, torture uh, someone in my household or, or terrorize them, you know, if that's the route that they've chosen, then they're going to have to be, you know, if I'm going to be a protector, then I'm going to have to neutralize that, right? Uh, and, and so uh, it does say when the wicked perish, they're, they're shouting, and the idea there is that they're, they're, there's celebration for that. So what a... What a what a sad concept to think somebody dies and that's celebrated. And it's not talking about the Christian celebration of life. Is the Christian celebration of life is, you know, they invested their life for the Lord, and you know, the the the, the death of a saint is, is is a precious thing to the Lord because now there's a continuation there with Him, and that's to be celebrated. Now here it's there's a celebration because that person's not around anymore. That's a sad thing, isn't it? And you'd, you'd hate to think that a life could be spent in, in, that, in that regard, but here Proverbs talks about the possibility of that. And so you see these, you've seen these things play out in real life, in, in real life, uh, you know, uh, global situations. But in verse 11 it says, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Uh, a lot of our cities are in trouble right now, aren't they? A lot of our cities are in trouble. And because it's because, you know, these concepts, even from, from God's word, even in the book of Proverbs here, these, this wisdom is not being heeded. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. And when righteous people are, are put in places of influence, there's a blessing to that. But, you know, when, when, when wicked people are in places of influence, you know, there's a price to be paid by, for many for that. And I, I, feel, you know, I feel bad for fellow Americans that are stuck in places that are just chaos and they've been ruled they've been they've been governed uh, perversely for years and years and years and years and years and, and you can't just keep doing that and there'd be no effect to it and these are all uh, biblical truths and principles that we see pretty clearly I, I was I was struck just by verses 8 through 11 there with some of the application of that and 
there's so much truth. Then verse 12, it says, He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of, man of understandeth, uh, understanding holdeth his peace, which tells me that a, a primary way that you could despise your neighbor is, is through your speech, through, 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 uh, through what you say about them. And that's borne out here in the next verse. It says, A talebearer revealeth secrets. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Um, that that is the that's the type of thing where you know it's not it's it's not helpful information. It's just with the motive of showing that you know something, and the desire to share something that's going to put somebody in in a in, you know in a bad light. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth a matter. And sometimes it's just better, like you know, just. That information didn't need to be shared. Like why? Uh, I don't keep pertinent sneak secrets for my wife. But there's times when it's just better, even with my wife, just for her not to know about certain things with certain people. Not secrets that she would need to know that would be a part of our relationship or anything like that, but just certain situations, it's like, it's not going to be helpful. You understand what I'm saying? It's not going to help her to have to bear that burden. Um, and it wouldn't be, you know, helpful probably to that person, other person either. Sometimes you're, you're, you've been entrusted with some knowledge by God that God wants you to be prayerful about, help that person with, that it's not going to help other people to know that. You know? And God will give you grace in particular in that relationship, but not everyone else may have the same aspect of grace to deal with that information. Does that make sense? Like if I, you know, if, if I were to be maybe counseling somebody in a certain area. You know, God would give me grace to understand and, and to hold, hold, you know, to see that person um, in a very gracious fashion. But if someone else wasn't part of that and I shared that information with them, then it could really affect the way they perceive that person in a way that they wouldn't have grace for. And so it's just the idea that, you know, there's just certain things that you just have to be discerning as a Christian. What, what, what should rightfully be shared and what would, would make us a tail bear uh, or a busybody, as it says in, in other places? And, uh, and so um, just some, some, some truths and these applications, you know, God, I'd be so, I, I understand that I'm very limited in my application uh, on these. But the, the Holy Spirit of God, thankfully, has a way of, of applying all these truths in very personal ways uh, for, for each of us, which is good, too. Then in verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall, but the multitude of counselors are safety, a wonderful truth. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth surety ship is sure. Careful about agreements we get into. Then verse 16, a gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. A gracious woman retaineth honor. Compare that with verse 22. Is a jewel of gold... This is a classic proverb here. It's a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. You say, why would there ever be a jewel of gold in a swine's snout? Well, exactly. It doesn't really belong, does it? All right? It doesn't, it's not appropriate. It's a jewel of gold in a swine's snout. That's, that's not appropriate. That seems really out of place. So is a fair woman, which is without discretion. And so... The beauty of that, the beauty of that jewelry, is going to be shrouded or 
uh, diminished greatly by, by the context that it's in there, right? Uh, I don't know, like a pig's snout is not one of the most attractive animal body parts, really. If you, I mean, you think of it. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, it's... Well, you could, you could, you've probably seen it before. Uh, it's, uh, it's just gross, really. And so you take a beautiful piece of jewelry, right, Brother Scott, and you put that in a swine's snout, put it on the, on the display, put it in the display cabinet there. You get a pig's head, you know, a swine's snout, and put your, your best piece of jewelry in there. It might not sell real quick, right? I, was, I don't know, there's some strange people out there that might dig that sort of thing. But uh, generally speaking, people are going to be like, what on earth, right? Uh, if, you take, uh, if you take, you know, the presentation and the setting is everything. So you take, uh, you know, you might have a beautiful woman or a beautiful person physically, but if they have ugly character, right, and they're not a gracious, sometimes that, that the ugliness can overpower the beauty. Um, and so beauty, you know, uh, it's, it truly is not just skin deep. And, and so uh, it talked about a gracious woman there in verse 16. A gracious woman retaineth honor. And to God, a, you know, a gracious woman is much more, is, is, is more, more beautiful than a, than a so-called beautiful woman that has, you know, ugly character. Uh, does not have the beauty of the, of the heart. So there's just a lot of interesting things in the passage. Uh, let's go down to verse 21. It says, Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. There's that concept. Again, we could have tied those into that, that one section of verses that we, we hitched together there. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. And uh, the wicked can have, you know, they can have their, their alliance. They can join forces together. They can say, you know, Let's take counsel together against the righteous. And, uh, well, go ahead. You have your time. You have your time. Because here it says uh, that the seed of the righteous shall be uh, delivered, but though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. They shall not be unpunished. Um, even though they seem to have a strong coalition uh, at the time. All right? And uh, there's a... There's a new group. Uh, there's a new group out now called. Uh, what's that little group called, Hunter? The group of. Uh, mm, I had it in my mind there for a second. And it's gone now. What is it? Help me out, man. You're my lifeline. No, not the Proud Boys. <laughs> not the Proud. Boys. Forget it, Hunter. Uh, AOC and the gang there. The squad, yes, the squad. Well, you know, they, they, they seem like they could be really nice ladies, but uh, their agenda is really perverted. <laughs> it's, it's really perverted. Um, and, and the squad is joining hands, and they're, they're trying to take over, you know, they're trying to take over America with some really unbiblical ideas. The squad, right? Um, they need to change their ways or they will not be unpunished. And <laughs> I don't know about the Proud Boys. I, I really don't, I don't know much about them. As, as, uh, as Donald Trump said, right? He, he knows nothing about them. All right. So um, in verse 24 it says, There is a scattereth and yet increase. And here's some verses that, that kind of are a common theme of, of giving. Verses 24 to 25. 
There is a scattereth and yet increaseth. There is that withholdeth more than his meat, but attendeth to poverty. And so you would think, you know, the more you scatter, the less you have, right? Humanly speaking, you know, you scatter it, you're going to have less. But if you think of it like seed, then the more you scatter, the more, the more you get, right? And so it is that scattereth, uh, yet, yet increaseth. Um, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, and it tendeth to poverty. I'm going to hoard this. But then the more somebody hoards, the more poor they become. Uh, maybe even in, in spirit and in, 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 uh, in their heart. They kind of shrivel up. Verse 25, the liberal soul should be made fat. That's the, obvious, that's the opposite of shriveling up, right? So it's, uh, uh, the idea is it's something that's, that's increasing, and, and it doesn't sound uh, healthy, but that's really the, the, the picture that's given there. He that waters shall be watered also himself. And so just the aspect of, 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 of giving uh, there. And uh, by the way, it's encouraged uh, the teamwork, missions giving. We're just about at that point of totally fulfilling I think, uh, I think uh, we're $75 a week short as far as fulfilling all of our missions obligation right now. And I figure we'd probably easily get that from people that aren't here to make the commitments right now, um, that mail in for missions. I think that'll be, I think that'll be, that'll be covered. And uh, so that's a blessing. And we continue to, to scatter that way, and the Lord will, will, will bless that um, and, 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 and grow that even in the future. Verse 28 says, he that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind. Well, that's a great inheritance there, isn't it? Inherit the wind. <laughs> it blows through, it's gone, nothing to show for it. Troubling our own house. Troubling our own house. Um... You know, the Bible has the answers for us to, to build a house, to invest in a house. And if we trouble our own house, the Bible says we'll inherit something that was so fleeting. And uh, we might get our own way at the moment, but we inherit the wind. And the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. And we wrap up the chapter here. It says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And so everything, you know, of God's ways is conducive to life, to vitality, to, to, to fruit, to that which increases. Um, and probably the greatest example of that is given in the next phrase there. He that winneth souls is wise. Now that's not just talking about soul winning in the traditional, you know, Christian sense, um, even though it would obviously include that. What this, what this uh, concept here, as I studied it out, is indicating is, a person who has truth and is able to articulate that and talk somebody, literally talk somebody into their point of view according to truth. Winning somebody to, to, to the right point of view. Now obviously that would include the ultimate example of that's the gospel, right? But really it's, it's talking just in general terms that if you're able to articulate truth in a way that's winsome, in a way that, that, that is... Um, uh, that that's convincing to people in a way that, that brings it across in an understandable ma manner. Uh, not only you know, knowing what you believe, but why you believe it and able to articulate and explain that, that that's a very, that, that's a very valuable thing. Uh, and you hear, you've heard the sayings, you know, that, well, you know, you get together with people, two things you don't talk about is religion and politics. 
Well, whatever you believe in those areas, you heard somewhere and you took it to heart, right? You heard it or read it or somebody shared that with you somewhere along the line. Somebody that, uh, that, that was able to transfer truth in a way that was understandable in a way that you could comprehend and take to heart and, and, and say, yeah, I, I, I adhere to that. So why would somebody use that in our lives, but we would think he'd never use, you know, God would never use us to, to, to win somebody else to, to the right point of view. And so I think, I think on important issues, I mean, what's more important than religion? Religion is everything that, that, you know, Christianity has the answer for, really. Okay? And so we need to be able to, to articulate why Christianity is superior, why it is the answer. So you say, well, you know, one thing you never want to talk about people is religion. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. We want, to, we want to build the type of relationships with people so we're able to talk about the important things. What kind of relationship do you have if you never talk about anything important? Well, we get along great because we never talk about anything important. It's just a great relationship. <laughs> it's not, that's like a very superficial relationship. You're just, kind of, you're, you're just kind of keeping things warm and fuzzy so everybody can get along and smile, and, and, uh, but there's nothing there, right? Um, now, we can't be abrasive with the truth. Because as soon as we're abrasive with the truth, then we're going to slam doors. But have the type of relationship with people that look, say, say, hey, uh, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about it this way? Or, you know, listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. And then, interject, well, you know, what about this way of thinking about it? Uh, don't, don't criticize them for what they believe, but be, be willing to dispense truth. They might, they might help them in those things. If not, if they, if they don't get it from a Bible-believing Christian, where, where are they going to get it from? Right? Um, and so, he that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. Now, there's some people that love, and ar love to argue. Well, it's like they just live to argue. I, I, you know, they, they never found an argument that didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't enjoy. I, I, there's a lot of wasted energy there sometimes. I mean, if you love a good argument and you feel like that's your spiritual gift, then, then go for it, I guess. But for me, it's like, you know, with certain people, it's always, it gets to a certain point where it's like, this isn't going anywhere. And I could spend all my energy trying to, you know, give a rebuttal to this, that, and the other. And uh, I think one of the pictures of the Bible says, you know, it's casting pearls before swine. Go back to the pigs there with the jewelry. But, uh, but at the same time, you know, dispense truth. Be willing to, to articulate what you believe and why you believe it. And you'd be, you'd be amazed how many people are looking for that which actually makes sense and don't have their mind totally made up uh, at this point. Let's uh, finish verse 31. It says, Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked, uh, more the, the wicked and the sinner. And so the Bible just says, you know, that uh, there is going to be proper compensation for all of our uh, involvements here on earth, one way uh, or the other. And that's really what the book of Proverbs has to do with, to help us with that. To help us invest our lives in a wise fashion. Coming back to that working definition of, of wisdom. Wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. Can you say that with me, please? The skill of living life God's way. 
And if you kind of get that working definition, you know, that, 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 that helps me, uh, you know, like a term to have a working definition so I can make that practical. Wisdom is the skill of living life God's way. And may God help us with that through his word. Lord, thank you.